cliffcentral.com. Realize we had singers that could go that high. There it is. Good morning, Anthea. How are you? Uh, hang on, let me turn on your microphone. That might help. Oh, God. Here I am getting everybody ready for you, and I'm not ready for you. There we go. All right, I'm awake now. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Um, good weekend? Uh, yes, it was a good weekend. Uh-huh. Busy weekend. Uh, lots of stuff. And um, the markets on Friday? Should we start with that? It was a bit boring on Friday, so the market was flat to negative, not just ours, but global markets as well. And I think volumes were low because they're preparing for bank holiday weekend overseas, right? So in the UK and the US, they'll be closed today. Um, But, I mean, there's a lot going on in our markets. There's a lot to to talk about still. Our market last week closed almost a percent lower for the week. Um, on Friday, resources were down 1%, industrials were down up half a percent, um, and mostly that was retailers actually. So MassMart mm. was up 4%, bounced a little bit. I was very <coughs> surprised by that, especially considering the trading update they put out on Thursday, mm-hmm. where they said for the first 21 weeks of the year, sales were down 2%. And the problem with that is that Easter fell out of the first quarter, um, that they're reporting. So they should have made up for it because Easter generally tends to be quiet for them. And they didn't. Uh-oh. So, yeah, so when they report their second quarter results, I think it'll be very disappointing. And everyone's really worried about these retailers. So I'm really not sure why they were up on Friday. Maybe because they've been under so much press, pressure over the last year and definitely in the last two months. Isn't it also true that sometimes people see an opportunity? Like when bad results come out, they think, okay, well, you know, this is going to be an opportunity to short them almost. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So, and, and so when the result, bad results come out, it comes off and then suddenly it bounces. Correct. But there needs, there still needs to be a catalyst for me to buy a share. I, I see what you mean, that opportuni- opportunistic trading, um, thing, but. Uh, they basically, I mean, they're messing around. They're, they're, they're trying they're to make a, a quick, yeah. They're trying to make a quick profit off, uh, off of a, a, a problem, but um, it is it is an indicator also of how the economy is going. Are the retailers, absolutely yeah. yes, they're and they're, so they're suffering. I mean, I see a lot of retailers are closing shop. A lot of them are, are consolidating what they have because they're worried about the next couple of months. There's no growth. People aren't spending money. Gareth, the, the funny thing about retailers at the moment, it's not just us. It's not just Edcon and Stutterfords that are suffering. Overseas, there's a big story at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, they're talking about Sears, and I think we've spoken about yeah. this. You know, they're a $23 billion company, and the idea is like that, that they're closing stores. Like They're like yeah. our Stutterfords, and I, I can't help but think that it's the internet that's driving a lot of it in our in that's overseas in our case i'm afraid it's the consumer that's under pressure so the mpc didn't raise interest rates on thursday um even though potentially you know with um i mean they didn't change interest rates i should say with um GDP growth so low, I think they really are just worried. It would be nice if they did cut and our consumer could have a little break yeah. but, and, and you could have a little boost to the economy. But it takes more than that. It takes much more than than the MPC cutting rates to um, push the economy higher. 
Um, while we're talking about retail, uh, I see Ed Kahn have got a new CEO. Indeed, yes. And we were just talking about Massmart. He comes from Massmart. Mm-hmm. Grant Patterson is his name. Yeah. He takes over next year. I mean, I can't imagine what you'd have to pay somebody to take over a company that's struggling so badly. Yeah. The current CEO is Bernie Brooks, and he's actually, he was supposed to leave in September, but he's extended his stay until Grant Patterson gets his feet under the desk. So, I think January next year will be kind of where it is. And then talk about CEOs. I see Serge Balamont has stepped down from Net One UEPS. Mm, but he's been under huge pressure too since that whole scandal around Sasa and the payments with Patebile Lamini. And he's been hiding in the U.S. basically. No yeah. surprise there. So he'll be succeeded by Herman Kotzer, who's been with the company for 18 years. So I mean, I'm mm. not sure it's I'm not sure it's a huge step change, but it is what it is. All right. And then, I mean, there's lots going on in the retail space. Actually, Steinoff said on Friday that they're acquiring a majority stake in the fifth largest bedding manufacturer in the U.S. called Sherwood Bedding. These guys, they love their beds. Huh? <laughs> These Steinoff guys, they just love mattresses, beds, bedding. You got it. They, they've got a single-minded focus here. The CEO must spend a lot of time sleeping. Mm. Oh no, Marcus yesterday. I don't think he sleeps a lot. No, no, quite the opposite. He loves beds. I think you wish you could sleep more. Yeah. Maybe that's why he's so interested in it. <laughs> so, so, in fact, mattress firm are targeting to have 50, 15% of their sales in private labels, which potentially is why they're buying this Sherwood bedding. And I think they're also doing it just to keep their other manufacturers um, honest, if you like. Mm. You know, so if you're going to buy from others, you, you just want to make sure you've got the right price. You're not overpaying all those nice things. So they haven't disclosed the price, and it's difficult to say whether or not um, its earnings are creative, but it, it was it is what it is. Nice vertical integration for Steinhoff. All right. I mean, like the the, the retail. Like we could just spend the whole day talking about retail because last week Fushini Group announced that they're buying Australia's retail apparel group or RAG for short. Mm-hmm. They're paying three hundred and two million Australian dollars for it on a seven times forward PE. Um, well, sorry, seven times historic PE. So based on where it's been trading. Um, the, the company has said that it will be earnings accretive from next year onwards. It's a big thing to do. You know, this rag is, it's pretty much a men's, men's label. Basically, they've got a couple of male menswear brands and kind of low maybe to rag, mid price. Maybe rag is not the greatest, um, acronym here. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Yeah. Retail Apparel Group. Yeah, got you. <laughs> they started in 1987. They have 400 stores. What's interesting about this is they've, for the last two years, have been talking about doing an IPO. In other words, listing on the stock exchange. And they changed their mind when Fushini Group came in and bought them, which is quite nice. Um, Fushini are paying, paying cash for the deal. I think... So it's their first foray into Australia. You know they've got Whistles and Phase 8 in the UK. Mm-hmm. And they now have 30% for Shini Group, that is. 30% of revenue is generated outside of South Africa. So becoming a, a really nice RAND hedge play if you think the RAND is going to weaken, which quite frankly, do you know the RAND is still tra- trading at 12.87 this morning? Considering we didn't raise interest rates on Thursday and with all the politics, I, I can't people, explain people this. People have priced in stupidity. I'm telling you. That's a big price to pay for stupidity. Well, you know, it's not cheap. <laughs> the stupidity <laughs> is, is really, really a very expensive thing. If you want it, if you have to have it, it's going to cost you. <laughs> a plane ticket to Dubai. What did you say? How much yeah, is going to cost me? <laughs> something like that. Jeez. All right. So uh, the RAND, what else do we need to throw in there this morning? Um, 
What else? Uh, Tiger Brands we probably should mention. And yeah. then we should sp- speak about the stock we added to our portfolio last week. So very quickly, Tiger Brands, they put out pretty rubbish results last week. Revenue per share up. I mean, sorry, revenue and headline earnings per share up 7%. They're projecting full year earnings per share of 23.20. I think 21.50 is probably more attainable for them. They're very bullish, Tiger Brands are. And it's funny because everyone's talking about this outlook statement and about how they want to consolidate the local business, but they haven't taken Africa off the table yet. And considering they only just sold Dangote flour mills, which was a complete disaster for them, 18 months ago, and it's only now come out of the financials, you know, fully come out of the financial statements. And already the new CEO, Lawrence McDougall, is talking about going back into Africa. So we'll wait and see. I mean, I, I, it, it, the, the bad results really were just, again, a reflection of the South African consumer. Hmm. And then you must wonder why I've decided to add Rhodes Food Group to our hashtag invest portfolio. Well, you were kind of uh, warming up to them the other day. I was. They put out um, results which were pretty disappointing. Um, so you know who they are, right? These are the guys who produce bakery goods and prepackaged foods for Woolworths and a couple of other companies. Uh, your bull brands, your speck and ham, right. <laughs> spam. <laughs> um, and then they bought Mar Baker and Paco last year. And so, uh, and, and the share really has been punished and it's really cheap at the moment. And so I thought I'd add it. We added it on Thursday at 21 Rand 50 a share and it closed at 22.95 on Friday. So huh. we made a nice immediate seven and a half percent gain or somewhere around there. That's fantastic. I know, but I want to say that you're thing- good at this thing. <laughs> It's what I do. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> well, I do want to say about Rhodes Food Group, though, it might be a, you, it might be six months to a year before we see a real turnaround in the business. And I, I'm almost confident that there is a turnaround just because the share price was trading so cheap and it's been under so much pressure. They did have a bit of drama, um, with their international segment where the drought, um, had produced goods that weren't up to par and they generate I think it is about 30% of their revenue, also 30% of their revenue offshore. And so you saw the RAND strengthening by 11%, their turnover down 9%. So volumes were actually net down 9% for Rhodes International. And I think that'll turn because I think the drought is now over. Um, the level of fruit we're producing is good enough to be exported apparently. That, that was the big issue with why Asia was, um, sales were lower apparently. All right, Anthea. And so I'm hoping all those negative things have now washed out of Rhodes Food Group. That's what it is. And, hey, uh, if we're making 7% like virtually from the start, that's not bad. We've got a margin already. Yeah. Yes. Nice buffer. Listen, I was talking to somebody about NASPAS over the uh, weekend. Uh, surely when we get to – it's it's almost it's 2,800 somewhere around there at it's the exactly moment. exactly there. So if we get to 3,000, we should really sell out at that point. Why? You think you'd keep it? I don't know. I'll decide when it gets there. No, I <laughs> so mean, if we, we, you don't want to stay at the table for too many hands. N- be careful of Naspers because people have said that they've been saying that since I remember the when was, they, were, they celebrated when it went to over a thousand. Exactly. I was yeah. going to say exactly that. I remember when <clears> Naspers <throat> was a one thousand two hundred rand share, and that was it. When it got to that, and plus it's expensive. It's like on a seventy times price earnings ratio. Like what? Who pays that? We um, do. <laughs> We do because it's <laughs> delivering. Okay. It's delivering value, right? But I, I read that they are having trouble getting a lot of the money that they have out of China to put into other things. 
Is that true? I mean, that is true. They've ha- they have had an issue with repatriation of money, but it's 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 almost immaterial. I mean, it's a big number for us yeah. <laughs> as, as individuals, but for NASPERS. I'm, I might go and look at that and tell you exactly what number that is because I, I know it's a bit worrying. But you know, NASPAS are also finally selling off or making money from these, in inverted commas, venture capital businesses that they had invested in. So it's as if it's finally paying off. And why would you leave now when it's paying off? Yeah, okay. You've convinced me. <laughs> okay. Stay, stay with the winner. Alrighty. I just, I, you never know because you think, well, I've done nicely out of this. Maybe it's time to cash out. I do know, and I'll let you know when to get out. How's that? Okay. All right. <laughs> Again, it's, I, I, I've just had uh, – I've got no experience in this. This is my first proper – the last year and a half, two years of playing around in this and, and hearing your reports every day is, is kind of I'm, – I'm slowly becoming educated. Good stuff. Oh, and making some money, I hope. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, as long as I stick to you and hashtag invest. If okay. I try and do it on my own, I get hurt. <laughs> All right, very good. There's <laughs> Anthea you. Gardner with the money shot. Cliffcentral.com.